Hey y'all, the episode you're about to listen to is just a snippet of a larger interview. If you'd like to listen to the full interview, you can find it in our Patreon. The link is provided below, or you can go online at www.patreon.com forward slash keep100 underscore pod. Thank you for listening. Cue music. y'all and welcome to another episode of keep it 100 with dakota and chorcy i'm dakota <laughs> i'm chorcy i'm dakota See, you usually do what's, this. what's interesting is that when i say i'm chorcy i usually say it as a joke chorcy just looked me in the eyes and for a second believed his name was dakota i'm i'm so used as an actor having a script memorized that i immediately just went i'm dakota because that's how the cadence goes you went, you went first and i was like okay go for it yeah. And look where it got us. Look, that's where And today with us, we have a very special guest, one of my good friends, one of the first friends actually made here in Indianapolis, although this is the first time we've ever physically met because yes. of COVID. <laughs> um, this is one of the co-hosts of the Thanks for Coming, a RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, and he'll be having a brand new podcast that'll be released soon called Roots and the City. This is Jamal Miller. Yay. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> Jamal, thank you so much for taking the time to come out and record this episode with us. How are you doing today? I'm well, and of course, I'm literally down the street. It took me five minutes to get here. <laughs> so thank you for a short commute. <laughs> we do what we can, you know. We, we, we try to accommodate. Yes, free parking, everything. Get into it. <laughs> so, I mean, a little bit just about if you're okay with me sharing how we met. Yeah. Because I think you actually wrote an article about this, if, oh, if I remember I correctly. Yeah. Um, so Jamal and I actually met on Grindr, um, which for most people are like, oh, y'all was trying to do the thing. Right. And it's like, well, first of all, even if we wanted to, we're two grown adults. We do whatever we want. But actually, we just met under the pretense of just trying to get to new, know new people. Um, I just moved to Indianapolis. Did not know a single fucking person other than my brand new boss. Um, so I needed, I needed someone of color <laughs> to yeah. have some conversations with. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, so I'm part of like many different things. I guess just, um, before we jump into it, a little bit about myself. Uh, I am from Alaska originally. I found myself in Indiana because I was a music student and I got into a music school this was fall 2005, and I was a music education major. Oh, okay. Uh, decided I did not want to teach, loved giving lessons, did not want a classroom. Mm -hmm. So the long and the short of it is I stayed in all the bands, but I finished with PR and um, a music business degree. So fast forward to all of this, like, my home is Alaska. You're away from college. There's a lot of in and out for me. I started school in 2005, paying out-of-state tuition by yourself, just trying to survive. Your friends are moving away. New people are coming in. The apps are there. Of course, you know what they're there for. Like, mm -hmm. we all can have fun. We're all adults. Consenting adults, you know, keywords. The important part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it doesn't – it can be whatever – apps like Grinder can be whatever you want it to be. So being new in real estate and, you know, having a drag race, RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, what better way to market something like a podcast, especially with queer hosts, Keep It 100 included – to the queer community they might mm -hmm. not they might block you because you're talking on a podcast but hey we tried we gotta eat yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good point and if you make new friends and meet people along the way that's just a lovely added bonus yeah. it really is so i we had just started keep it 100 and i was very clueless about what the hell i was doing <laughs> to be honest yeah um because really I don't know if we ever talked about how we came to start Keep It 100. It kind of just started as, a, like, we had just said it as a joke, and then it was like, but why not? And like, yeah, it was kind of like we were separated by the pin time. You being, having moved to Indianapolis, and I was in uh, New Jersey, and then we're like, should I have our check-ins? Like, we kind of talk about dumb shit. Let's just let's record it. Because in my mind, I was like, every other white dude that's 20 is making a <laughs> podcast right now, so why can't we? That's right. Um, we just went for it, and then 
luckily, Chorsey uh, took the, you know, proactive route to do everything because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I'll take care of this. I was like, okay, great, because I was stuck, like, teaching. I was like, I am dealing with these kids, with these parents. I have no time to do this. I can do my best to like, show up and record and talk to Chorsey and anything, like, you tell me to do, I will do that. But my brain after work, off. It's, it's gone. Oh, totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, we just kind of went for it, really. Yeah, I mean, our show very much was a survival tactic and method for us because moving here, I didn't know anyone, wasn't really sure what I was doing with my life at the time, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally fair. <laughs> I liked the job that I was doing, totally but totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> there was no like vision or possibility of upward mobility in that company that I was with. So I was just kind of like exploring, kind of wading through the water at 25, 26. Yeah. How old am I? 26? <laughs> yeah, 26. Um, <laughs> trying to figure what? out what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Earlier today, I said uh, uh, the kids are be getting out of school because of the snow. Like, I was like, it's, it's Sunday, bro. <laughs> Sunday. Everyone's at brunch. Everyone's at brunch. Oh, brunch is so good. Oh. So good. You gotta be sobered up. Uh, yeah, I feel more sober. Yeah. I won't say I'm 100%. Oh, don't sober down on my account. Sober <laughs> up. Sober <laughs> down. that long-ass Walmart checkout line. Oh, oh. I it's like, it's like, yo, we got two things. Can That's we right. bump us up? Can we get a fast pass? Wait, 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 wait. Before no. we get past <laughs> this point, how much would you say you'd pay for this table? Maybe like $20. Bro. <laughs> right? Twice that. 40 Is it because it's black? You know, they like to charge <laughs> the a monochrome no, moment. Because the white one was 85 and it was going to be 8 feet in white. So for two more feet, it was $80. And a lack of color, lack of paint. <laughs> <laughs> the math ain't mathin'. Yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> I, I truly, I was like, you know, it's like, it's going to be like a $20 table. Cause yeah. It's, it's just a folding table. It don't do nothing but table. Like, <laughs> Extra, no bells, no whistles. No. And, man, I saw that price tag. I was like, mm, okay, we might return it after this. Yeah. Because I'm also like, when I got it in, because I got a folding table at Home Depot in Jersey, which is supposed to be more expensive because that, like, New York City metropolitan area, I think it was about this price for more room. I wonder if the prices are jacked up because of Thanksgiving, though. Like, people are going to be having long uh, banquet-style serving uh, events. Don't give them credit. I think they that just suck. and supply issues right now with um, COVIDina, COVID apprehension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just delaying everyone's deliveries and products, but, you know. Ooh. We're lucky to be breathing. And doing yeah. Something. That is fair. We won't get into the story of my bookshelf. Really. <laughs> 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 I, de- deliveries is triggered. That we so we just finished a charity event, but let's just say, uh, getting the shirts here for the event stressed me out more than I like to admit. They're here, they're fantastic. <laughs> I love it. It's for a great cause. Praise the man. I I don't think I've cussed so much before in my life. Really, I have uh, a potty mouth with me. Don't be nice to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I lived. I'm uh, I lived. I hear you though. Sometimes you just have to let that poison out though. Like I'd rather ask for the forgiveness, you know. Shout mm-hmm. out to Chloe's or <laughs> Absolutely. Sarah Penny. <laughs> so, um, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on here is obviously you've kind of become in a weird way almost like my my podcast father. Like, you know, like you oh have like your Because I mean you're really the one who kinda of introduced me into all of this and how this works. Um, so I was just curious about what brought you into doing, cause your podcast is with your husband yes. and another close friend of yours, correct? Yep. So we all met at IU. So, mm-hmm. um, my husband and I actually, funny enough, he was not having anything I was serving in college. Okay. <laughs> we both avoided each other forever. And because back then in 2005, 2006, they're like, Oh, you're gay. You're gay. You should meet. And we're like, no, nah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna both, um, on campus and like <laughs> cruise <laughs> but um finally we met and um the rest is history but um beth was in marching band and kappa kappa psi if you know iu um national band fraternity shows your friends mm. around um, <laughs> but it was a good time and now we've been gosh friends for that long uh, math is terrible for me but since 2005 and uh we got married my husband and i in 2014 but we've been together for 10 years Aww. Yep, and much like you all, we're like, we're always 
keep hearing about Drag Race, why don't we just try to podcast yeah. us was a telecom major, so he had experience editing music videos and um, all kinds of audio at different studios on the West Coast, and I can talk, I'm good at talking, I'm good <laughs> with people, and Stoney is very much like, I just show up, I throw you some shade, and I go back upstairs to my video games, <laughs> and you know, that's fine too. <laughs> he's, our, he's our money man, That's um, he's a CPA oh, okay, in, the, in okay. the real world, so he's our um, local, loyal, square... Lovable square. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been three and a half years, and it's wild. We've got almost um, 250 episodes. It's. Wow. I feel like time has just flown, and it's been really fun. Really fun. If we're being creative, we're having a good time. So we just have yeah. fun with it. It's oh, really nice. Awesome. And I, so I mean, I was very late to getting put onto your podcast, but I, for me, it has been such a treat. I don't have many queer friends in general me and either I, and i've been <laughs> trying <moved> away <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and i i just need to be better about actively trying to seek them out because th- there's always a worry just in a general day-to-day of like i don't want to accidentally out someone i don't yeah. want like you have those inklings every now and then it's like that's you, real you one of us oh yeah you there's just... a there's a spidey sense <laughs> <laughs> you know in college i was terrible i had no idea in high school my best friend was in love with me i just saw her shout out to you nelly uh, i just got back from alaska on friday so um we we laugh about that now but um no clue and now it's just like you see someone in the walmart you're like mm-hmm. <laughs> sweatpants season i know I see. <laughs> don't get me started on the gym and leg day with jock straps and short shorts some of them be looking for the senses to go off yeah i, I might i might you know give you a little attention <laughs> if the show is looking right, you know, my husband's cool with it. He knows I. He knows who he married. <laughs> um. So I like for me a lot of what I focused on once I moved to Indianapolis was trying to surround myself around people that I wanted to spend genuine time with. Mm-hmm. Uh, get closer towards I don't want to say my roots, but towards who I am and yeah. being more comfortable with my identity. Um, and you have definitely been a big part of that as I've been here a little over a year and a half. Oh, wow. Has it only been that a year and a half? Yeah. So I moved March of 2020. Oh, my gosh. Right at the top of Yeah. yeah. I moved here March 5th. Well, yeah, March 15th. My lease is a couple of days earlier than that. But I moved here March 15th, started work March 16th, and then March 16th at 2 o'clock is when I met the governor on the TV. And he was like, yeah, you don't, you can't work. Oh, shut, shut your shit down. Um, yeah, it, it was that quick. <laughs> and see, it's hard too to be social in those times because then also there wasn't like the vaccine. So someone like me, who sure we can get on there on Grinder or something, any chatting platform, Facebook, whatever, um, shit goes down in any DMs anyway. People, so <laughs> lower your eyebrows. <laughs> mine, your your eyebrows are not higher than mine. <laughs> so um. Just like you can going back to you can make it whatever you want. Like it's hard during like a pandemic to try to connect with someone. I have we were lucky enough to move from our condo, my Stony and I, my husband, right before, and we have this yard now with like a fire pit. It's outside, but people have schedules. People might not be comfortable coming mm-hmm. around. So really, sometimes all you can do is chat and connect on um you know topics that you connect on and. It's it's a interesting plane to kind of travel and navigate the past two years, <laughs> especially if you're moving yeah. town. I can't even begin because my people moved away. You're coming into like nothing, and I know what that's like. <laughs> well, and I I made a conscious decision to I won't say unfortunately, but I did move away from the base of our friend group. So a lot of you all went up to New York, New Jersey. Actually, all of you. Um, <laughs> and then I went the opposite direction. I was like, I'm going to Indiana, and I, I feel like for a couple of our friends, there was very much just like, why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of our friends struggle with just understanding that I just I never had any dream of like wanting to live in New York, mm-hmm. and I never saw my career in terms of like wanting to be on Broadway. It just it that's what a lot of our friends want to do, and that's great. And I'm so glad they're chasing that dream. But I felt like I had to chase mine, and that was not where I wanted to be. At the time, I'd been to New York twice, 
both experiences I had did not end well. Yeah. Um, I have to say, you know, good good on you for following your gut, though, because not a lot of people do that. And no shade to your friends. I don't know these people. No, nah, full shade. Um, <laughs> we're all growing, myself included. Uh, I'll be 35 in less than a week, and I feel like there's a lot that I learned about myself, my relationship, my family, my dad, especially my dad. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're turning into the people we need to be, and they might go down farther, farther down the road. You know, they're in New York, wherever, cool. And they realize that they want something similar to what you want. And that's okay. We all kind of have to go through our own separate paths. I think it's great that you can follow, like, a friend group and have a support system because I left Alaska solo. And that was – I'm lucky I had the marching band and my fraternity to kind of keep me busy and help me find a sense of community sooner. But I also watch people go off on their own and really chase what they want and then – kind of lead by example for the rest of the friend group and Mm -hmm. what's good about that is we all kind of share it's not like oh i have to go be like dakota i have to be like georgie it's look at what we can do look at what our people are doing and the kind of full circle of it all is cool as long as we're all sober at the time (laughs) 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 because what i'm finding now is um, whether it's customer service or in corporate or podcasting these connections and relationships they do really mean something beyond the business it's nice to work with people and have kind of similarities that way mm-hmm. especially in the arts um that you can connect with and use as a resource it's super helpful but don't be an emotional dump that's rude be nice to your friends uh, <laughs> i have comments that we will stay off yeah we, we, about that we can we can keep that one going <laughs> <laughs> moving on moving on moving See, on, moving on. <laughs> yeah. i will just throw the shade and let it land <laughs> What I will say is one of the major reasons why I think I want to do this with Dakota out of anyone else, and we talked about this briefly during the live episode, is out of all of our friend group, he is the one who I have found that's been able to best manage the personal and professional relationships. Uh And so we have been able to traverse that line multiple times, and it has worked seemingly flawless. Um, and you don't find many people you can do that with. I think it's very difficult for you to, (laughs) to work with one of your close friends Mm -hmm. and have those lives be separate and work in harmony. Um, it's truly a gift and not also, also you learn together to keep those things separate. So you're enhancing those skills that are kind of already there. And man, it's definitely something to learn. Um, some of us are better at it than others, but that's such a good thing, especially when you have good friends, like. Because we've been friends, what, almost 20 years on our show, and mm-hmm. we make it work. We can talk about things that routine shows fizzle out. So, I mean, that's that's good on you for um, having that kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's nice that we've, like, worked together before in a manager, yeah. employee, stage manager, assistant stage manager. Um, mm-hmm. Before, because otherwise it'd be harder with this. I think just, like, naturally. I don't know with us, but like you said, just, like, with a lot of friend groups that haven't established that relationship before. Mm-hmm. Like, we've already done it. We've already seen that it works and pretty really well. It comes down to communicating, but mm-hmm. people work differently, and any job is really people management, which mm-hmm. you all know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we don't always want to manage our friends, so it's nice when they work with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think managing for us has just been open conversations, yes. mm-hmm. which has been very healthy. Uh, especially as the company is starting off and we're trying to figure out where we want to go and the direction that we want to lead this using more inclusive language for example like we and then the idea like okay maybe the company might be under my name but this is built off of the foundational work that he and i have built together sure. mm-hmm. i'm not doing this without him that, that's why it, it's our names and this that's why it's our faces you see because this is about more than just you know whatever financially i'm putting into it or whatever the legal documentation may say like i can't do this without you Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like this is this is us this is what we're doing and it's a legacy we want to build build together oh yeah um reminds me of the iCarly episode when carly and sam are fighting and then sam like i think iCarly's gonna leave and she's like that's fine you already named the show after yourself (laughs) that's good so both of our names are in here so we say we don't have to have the argument we're good (laughs) (laughs) safe So, um, yeah. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, and this is 
something that we've talked about. We have a couple of the guest episodes that we've done. Mm-hmm. They've been virtual things. But a lot of the conversations we've been centering around has been about the idea of like what it means to be a man or masculinity. Um, and I know for us in the queer community, those expectations of how to project uh, your masculine identity can't be stagnating, oh, yeah. uh, traumatizing oh, is yeah. a word to oh, use. Yeah. Um, so we'll start with just some of the similar questions that we asked beforehand and kind of delve a little deeper into what this means for you. Okay. Uh, so the first question we typically start off with our guests is just for you, what does it mean to be a man? You know, honestly, I've, I've gotten this question quite a bit and I think, you know, I'm coming from a household where my dad joined me in the military. He's from New Jersey when he was 17. My mom's from Chicago, South side, Chicago. And no, West Side, West Side. We have some family in the South Side area, but um, we kind of migrated up there. And military kid, super hard. You're not allowed to be soft, really. No tears. And I mean, goodness, when I was eight, I wouldn't leave the house if there was a wrinkle in my clothes. I hated getting dirty with it. The dry fry was coming out. Like all, all of the gay was just kind of jumping out. So, kind of growing up and watching these examples and kind of knowing to be quiet because I knew the response that I would get. Not necessarily bad ones, I would just be like, hush, like you don't know what you're talking about. That's very like much like my family. And um, I only really had issues with my dad and it was more we were figuring each other out kind of thing and that took a while but we're okay now. But going through all of that, I had to learn to be a man is to be honest, just live in your truth, move forward and your best intentions and try to do good. You don't have to perform a certain task or job or listen to any kind of music or dress a certain kind of way because I felt like I was kind of forced. I was never told don't wear this, don't wear that, mm-hmm. but I felt the pressure, you know, in the black community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Jamal's got a little sugar on his lips. Mm. You know, shit like that. And it's like, well, I also have a four point four point oh GPA. I also play three instruments. I also do this. You know, I'm going to these schools. But I'm a little frilly, so you're afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've kind of just learned how to be myself. So being a man is like, you know, being yourself and just be you because it's the best example that you can present to the world. We aren't the same. People came over here and took shit and changed shit, watered it down. That's not who we are, you know. And hashtag not uh, not everyone, but we're tired of having that discussion. It is what it is. And that's how I try to move forward in the world. This is who I am. If you don't like it, I might listen to why you don't like it, but I will decide if it's worth my time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because what you won't do is decide who I'm going to be as a person. So that's just kind of how I play the trooper. <laughs> <laughs> and it's taken a lot to get there. Uh, Alaska's a melting pot. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't experience a lot of direct racism that I could notice growing up there and then moving to Indiana. Mm-hmm. I got my acceptance letter to the school and music school, and the first thing my dad said was, well, be careful, because that's where the, the Klan started. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> ah, I got one of this many spots, dude. Like, but it's, it's, it's real. You have to be ready for those things. And luckily, I haven't had anything scary like that happen, but... I have had to had the experience of working through the corporate space and getting stuck, having my ideas stolen, um, basically being told we like where you're at, you know, good Negro, stay where you are. Thanks for doing this job that no one else wants. And by the way, we're not going to plant you. So that's kind of um, that's added a little high end pepper to <laughs> the sauce. Like I've had to be fiery and learned how to harness the fire because. Schwarzman, I know we're both large black men, black people, <laughs> and they will immediately look at you a certain way if you take a half of a deep breath or that eyebrow shoots up, which mine do all the time. I can't help it, but I'm willing to explain what these eyebrows are doing, and you know, I, it's taken a long time to get there, so I have to be that example for the young people coming up, especially in the corporate space or any professional space. Say you can do this too. If it's not okay, say something. And you just have to take the battle because they're not going to end. But choose them wisely. Choose them wisely. Mm. <laughs> Please. We can't die on every hill. <laughs> no. We can't. We can't. <laughs> oh, man. I, who, 
there's a lot to unpack in that statement. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of feelings in what was just said. I I think the biggest thing I'm feeling right now is just realizing the social implications of how we are expected to conduct ourselves in mainstream media versus like our queer community and how much that has conflicted for me growing up, mm-hmm. especially with our racial identities <laughs> and then having that thrown into the mix and yeah. like for me. I added on this pressure. It was never added on by my parents, but I added on to it being a fourth generation choice, you know, and like knowing the three choices before me, like I literally am their namesake. There there is a certain expectation of how we conduct ourselves. And so like when I was a teenager and like I I knew I was gay, how do I get this fifth choice in? Mm -hmm. You know, I I need to make sure that my my parents will have a grandbaby and all this stuff. And it's like, I... At the end of the day, you kind of have to make that decision internally of, are you going to live your life for your parents exactly. and for others, or are going to live your life for you? And exactly. I actually found more happiness in being able to live my life for myself mm-hmm. and then having those conversations with my parents. And I am very lucky and blessed that my parents are so very understanding and supportive of whatever decision I make on my life. Because yeah. all they've ever wanted for me was just to be happy and healthy mm-hmm. and safe. Um not everyone is lucky to have those parents. Oh, absolutely not. Um, I always say that too. You know, my dad was really the only issue. So I've had it. I always say I've had it pretty lucky because we know when things, we know that we've heard the stories of when things don't go well. And um, yeah, no, I'm very, very, very lucky and blessed. And I've, I've had that. But we see them. We see them. So it's just another way our existence is such an important thing that people go through and showing people in general there's another way of understanding. I'm curious about, because I've had this experience, Dakota, obviously I don't, I am assuming you would not have this shared experience, <laughs> but I'm curi- curious about this. I have had the statement launched to me before that I've been, I've passed too well to really be gay for the gay community. Yeah. And then inverse it for the straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you're just like, so where the fuck do I fit in? I'm not gay. I'm not straight. I'm here. Yeah. I exist though. Well, like speaking of grinder, it's just like funny because they have like that section on the profile. I don't know if you guys go through this or like, what's your tribe? And I'm like, oh, my like clean cut. I'm like, I still don't know what they mean. But I'm a little chubby. <laughs> I don't know am I a bear? Mean. Am I big enough to be a bear? I don't know. Am I, there's no wolf option. Like there's all this nonsense. <laughs> so I just took it off. It's like, how do we identify out here? Straight apps do not have that. Like, it even, like even like something like, because Tinder thinks the most basic one is very much like, who are you? What are you looking for? <laughs> Go, start swiping. Go. <laughs> faster, faster, faster. Keywords, Marin, hookup, casual. <laughs> <sighs> but no, that's absolutely happened to me because um, in an office space, for example, mm-hmm. I, I'm a natural extrovert. I like to have my alone time, but I'm great in groups. I can float around a room. It's not always the healthiest thing because I just like come home and crash. But if I'm hosting an event or a party, I will talk to every person in the room twice before leaving. That's just kind of how I move. So in an office space, much because of how I grew up, you know, dress like a straight presenting male, uh, crispy jeans, some boots, maybe a blazer. I love a pocket square because <laughs> we got to show up tad in the khakis. so i I serve that way and then you know they get to meet you and they speak more of your personality and eventually it comes out i had no idea that you were gay and it's always like clutch your pearls (laughs) yes miss nancy (laughs) don't you see the picture of my husband on my desk like girl tell me how much more you don't pay attention to me (laughs) and i will say shit to people like that but nicely and Mm -hmm. It's more, it's for my benefit because you have to have fun. And that's just, I've been in that space for so long. I have to make my own game out of it because we can play the game and code switch and be, you know, very yes, this, yes, and that. And that's why I'm very clear with people who are threatened by like my tone, for example. I speak in a very matter of fact way and not everyone can handle that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, these are facts. So I've had to stop Mm -hmm. muting myself sometimes and learning a nice way to say, can't handle it well kick rocks <laughs> <laughs> tough indiana is a one record state watch what you say here 
But, you know, it sucks that we have to be that way because we have to love and make this this empty space because we're too busy being labeled and our work is not being recognized. And then if there is an issue, it's like, oh, he's the black assassin now. When really all he does is ask follow-up questions Mm -hmm. and tries to understand the job. So, you see the circle I just drew there? (laughs) (laughs) It's exhausting, I know. But, yes, I'm familiar. Or if you go out and it's like I have, I wear nail polish. Um, fun fact: I was a terrible nail biter. If my nails were painted, I don't know. So mm. men these days going home, older men and everything. Just give me side eye at my fingers. What about it? I'm cuter than you. Dresser <laughs> than you. I can go on, but I won't. I'm tacky. What's wrong with my fingers? They're manicured. They're just loose. <laughs> and you know. If you pick up a GQ magazine, I know it's not fucking Indy 500 or sports magazine, whatever the straights read. Sorry, the editor. Whatever the straights read. I don't know how to read. (laughs) 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 But I'm like, come on. Y'all love Lenny Kravitz. He's rocked nail polish for decades. All these rock bands, nail polish Mm -hmm. for decades. Give me a fucking break with your insecurities. And that's just where I'm at now. And I can say it like this on the show, but... Keep in mind, we have to say it much nicer in the yeah. office so they mm-hmm. actually hear us because there's still a level of coddling to, well, I don't need to hurt this person's feelings because if I do, they're not going to hear anything I say. And then all of this stress and bullshit that I've been dealing with is for naught. And that mm-hmm. was a twisted kind of path to navigate in mine, but that's why I sound off the way I do because I'm like, you can do these things too, but no one can trick you. Here's a secret shit's going down at work here's the ethics line this is what you say like i watch out for my people <laughs> because I've, I've been through it and they're not going to tell you about these things you know so rough training but not rough life hmm. <laughs> but to me like someone looking at me like oh you don't do enough you're not out to marches you're not doing this well i'm big and black i anything can happen to me i'm online you know there's things that we have to think Sometimes my own space courtesy of not being black enough or like you're not down enough. Mm-hmm. You know, but the black queers, we're here for all of the black shit. So mm-hmm. that's what annoys us. That's a lot of what I deal with on an identity kind of basis. Mm. Yeah, and it's pretty much the same for me. I uh it is I especially I forget until someone brings it up. The amount of times I've been accused of not being black enough. Oh yeah. Is thing like whether it's the way i speak which should not affect the idea of how black i am but it is a regular thing the way i dress um growing up as a kid i pretty much only wore like shorts and a Mm t-shirt um and also add on the inverse of i also don't dress gay enough yeah yeah and like i don't know what about this i'm just casual today dude like i'm just comfortable it's cold outside Oh, what my cheerleading uh, coach used to say was cuteness over pneumonia. <laughs> the oh. day we had a cheer in the snow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. God. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fuck. Uh-uh, it's Christmas story out here. We're cheering. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um, but especially in the workspace, the amount of times, especially with a couple of my past recent jobs, the amount of times of assumed anger because of who I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was here for one of those calls. Yeah. A big one, yeah. Have a very, and people who are like, oh, you're angry, angry. Like, now I am. Yes, exactly. I'll fucking let you know when I'm angry. Stop. Now <laughs> I'm mad because you keep pushing buttons. Oh, my gosh. That's happened to me before. Like, I'm literally sitting in a chair and my boss is like, look at your body language. It's like, I, I still don't see it. What about my body language? No response. Just, John don't know how to respond, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with some pressure. <laughs> we're peop- over it. We're over it. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> the work because I am, as a kid, I was very quiet, kind of meek, and I, my father spent a lot of time just like stepping into my identity of being comfortable and like you speak, you know, with bass in your voice, and you know, make sure you hold your head up when yeah, you're talking. Yeah, and then I found theater and all that shit just clicked. Yeah. <laughs> like one big grandiose <laughs> performance. All of a sudden, I knew who I was. Oh, yeah. Um, and so happens. 
being able to just comfortably talk to people. I can walk into a room with a hundred strangers and have a conversation with anyone. Mm-hmm. That's just who I am as a person. Uh, but people see that as a threat. Oh yeah. Because like, if I notice something's wrong, I have the ability to command a room of just strangers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of freaky. It scares me a little bit, but I can do it. <laughs> it's a skill. It's a learned skill because of the experience that you've had, and it's what happens when those those skills and those moments it shows up in your character. And so. Many people assume the moment I raise my voice, I am angry. Uh-huh. It's like, bitch, I was a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just naturally loud. But I also understand, I feel like better than most for some reason, some of the psychological aspects of how I can conduct myself to get the results that I want from other people. Oh, sure. Which is manipulative. Well, because they, they, they make it that way. <laughs> if we're allowed to be ourselves, we wouldn't have to worry about how to perform to people. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> you see why the HR lady broke out in blotches whenever she talked to me? <laughs> Here's why this is bullshit, Lisa. Respectfully. <laughs> so. You're not yeah. wrong, man. You're not wrong. <laughs> Alrighty. We are going to take a quick break. Thank you so much for listening to that quick little bit from our sponsor. <laughs> Hope it was great. <laughs> Especially on the video, that's going to be wild. <laughs> we're just like, we're staring at it like, when is he going to take us back? <laughs> like, is there a tongue talk? <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so let's transition into, obviously, you are very well known in the podcast world because of Thanks for Coming. Um, so you've been doing that podcast, you said, for about a little over three and a half years, close yeah, to four. three and a half years. Um, what attracted you to drag? Well, so Alaska has, uh, speaking for myself, Alaska has a drag presence, but it's not as heavy as it used to be in the lower 48. Now mm-hmm. I haven't lived in Alaska since summer 2011, so that could have changed. I know a couple local queens up there. Shout out to Mad Myrna's. If you're in Anchorage, check them out. Get the caribou loo. You're uh, you up. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but um gay culture is very important and in places like alaska you don't really see a lot of it um if you're a closeted person like myself you don't necessarily know where to look maybe it's there you don't know where to look so coming to iu was the same thing for me i was still i waited purposely to come out until i um came to school and then i became 21 started doing a drag show and before 21 i was at a big time school indiana university in bloomington I don't have any drama with Ohio State. Like, I'm just in the band. I just play instruments. <laughs> so, we're cool. <laughs> yeah, we're good. But um, there's say, a I'll lot say of... like, great anyway. Right? <laughs> I'll, I'll say it, bro. <laughs> I'm for that. There was a lot of um, drag events on campus. So, that was a lot of my early exposure. Um, having friends that kind of pulled me out of studying or dragged me out after March and Ben. It's like, we're going to show. We're going to do and there's all kinds of um, local queens I met and events I got to go to. Got snuck into the bar a couple times. <laughs> and um, that really piqued my interest. Any performance, movie, live show, record, we're into it. We're all music people. Stoney doesn't play instruments, but he's a true music fan. And Seth and I both play at least two instruments apiece. So um, there's also that kind of natural element with drag. You've got some great music and you've got a performance element all the queens are different so um naturally we're always talking about it so that's how we found our way into podcasting and with our fraternity anyway seth and i've done a lot of like volunteer work and i done a lot of speaking being the vice president and stoney was kind of dragged me along we're like hey we need a third to balance out our crazy so you're going to mm-hmm. talk about some podcasts <laughs> and before the pandemic we went to see any rue girl that we could that came into town and that was that was a blast. We're um, still working on being more social, but mm-hmm. we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I so drag is an area that I am not well versed in. I my first experience of even just going to a drag show was late into my college years, yeah. um, and it was actually an accident because uh, I was <laughs> trying to go to. So there was on Sundays 
uh, access. There's a church with a Misa. Um, well, basically, someone had told me, you should go to church. And I was like, yeah. and they're like, no, no, no. You should go to this church. And I was okay. like, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know what this means. So I went, and they were like, basically, it's a snail stripper. Oh, Bad. Okay. Well, praise, praise on then. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go in here and see what this is. Mind you, my dumbass. Like, I think the show started at like nine, so I'm there eight thirty. Oh god. <laughs> right. And you know, ain't nobody there. <laughs> no, nobody. <laughs> no one there but the free pizza. And no one's gonna eat. Or <laughs> You're the first no, one. You gotta understand. It's like little little baby gay me just sitting there, just like. <laughs> There's an empty stage, a little bit of light music playing, some lights kind of spinning, but not really. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't, do I, do it? what do I do? I don't know what, what yeah, to do. Yeah. Where to start? <laughs> you got eyes on you? Like, that sucks when you're, like, new. Like, oh, my gosh. All the eyes. Oh, goodness. People looking at you, sizing you up. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Don't oh. look at me. Access is very much like, oh, fresh meat. Oh, gosh. Oh, goodness. Especially, like, when people knew who I was, and then I made the unfortunate decision to entangle myself. I won't say date. Entangle myself with a, uh, an employee. There. Okay, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I was in an entanglement. <laughs> no. I entangled myself with one person there for 10 days. I hear you. Ooh. Ooh. My therapist. Was it only 10 days? <laughs> it was. It felt so long. Late. Officially, December 1st, December 10th. In the aftershock, in the and tremors after that, yeah, and yeah. Dakota said it wasn't ten days. It was <laughs> like my ass. <laughs> wait, it was such a whirlwind because I had just separated in like late October, uh-huh. met this one in November, and I was like, "Bro, I'm not healthy. Let's not do this." Yada yada. <sighs> he trapped me. Fine, yeah, fine. That happens sometimes, you know. It's, it's been, fine. I've been trapped in situations, <laughs> but <laughs> when I so I'm like stressed I, out again, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm at the show, and genuinely, like, Anissa walks on stage, and I'm like, wow, that personality is just, like, something I would never forget. Mm -hmm. And at the time I went, she went on this mini rant about how Ariana Grande had just performed in Columbus, apparently, a couple days ago. And I guess her and Brian Scott, like, try to, like, get on stage and start dancing and hugging her. She's like, I don't give a fuck who you are. Don't touch me. And it was something about I know that's right. The <laughs> the the, the confidence to be able to say that to Ariana Grande that just like immediately attracted me to any so mm-hmm. I you gotta be a bad bitch to oh, be able yeah. to say this to her. Um so after that I was regularly going to church for obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. uh, I was regularly going to church and was like, This is wild. And I remember talking to a couple of my queer friends at OSU and was like, Oh, you didn't know that was a thing? I was like, mm. No one's ever – and at the time, mind you, I had been co-president of Shades, which is like an LG, LGBTQ organization on campus for queer people of color. Okay. Like, it focuses on intersectionality. And no one gave you the tea? No. Ooh, rude. So, when, <laughs> when I first joined the organization, I was cheerleading. Okay. And so, the cheerleading team basically looked at me and was like, you're not going to have time to do anything else but cheer. You're so, like, I wasn't allowed to audition. I really wasn't allowed to do anything other yeah. than just being on the cheerleading team, even though I wasn't performing. Which was bullshit. Um, second year, mental health is important. <laughs> yeah, we need to take care of mental health and also my grades, because um, all that went down the shitter. <laughs> that could be so much too when it's happening. Like, oof. my um, my grades definitely were not in college. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Relaxed. Good way to say it. Good way to say it. They relaxed. They relaxed. <laughs> we were above a three point oh, but woo. Mm-hmm. Oh, Down semesters. Because uh-uh. I had good friends that were cheerleaders at IU and otherwise, and then band, I felt like you just couldn't breathe most of the time until your senior year. It was fun, but we had no weekends mm-hmm. until until mm-hmm. that shit was over. Well, y'all know, like, there's football, and then, like, the basketball um, football seasons will overlap, and then, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. and y'all out there being physical. I was just holding a tuba or a bass. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, especially because there were events – Sometimes as early as like five a.m., mm-hmm. like you were performing like five a.m. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, we had super late calls on football too, like six a.m. Unloading tuba trucks. <laughs> the things we did in college was like this is yeah we can do this like no. I was so happy whenever everything was sectioned later. It was like hey freshman, can you like <laughs> <laughs> can do that? 
Cut, cut that out. I got that one for you as well, please. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, transition back. So after I experienced that, someone was like, well, you should watch the show. So <laughs> I should clarify what I thought RuPaul's Drag Race was. <laughs> Was people who put together cars. Oh no! <laughs> it was racing. Oh, that's how I found, that's how I found season one when I was a kid. That's I was a scroll- Midwest queen because I mean, obviously it was drag race cars. I'm like, ugh, what are sports? I had never because like I would see Rue like in the middle of the logo and I was like, oh, okay, that's just the host, and just didn't it never clicked like not once. Yeah. Well, so then like someone was like, you should watch the show. I was like, isn't that isn't that about like. Like, like, you know, like, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, They're like wrong racism. And so one of my good friends, Matthew, uh, strongly encouraged me to watch, and I binge watched like the first season because I think that's what's on Hulu, like yeah, first three or four. Um, that sounds about right. And I, I ended up about like a month and a half finishing multiple seasons up to whatever was on Hulu. Okay. And mm-hmm. then I ran into the issue of I can't find it anywhere else. Yeah. Hulu's really good about that. Like, well, let me say Drag Race because they'll have like one seasons one through four up, and then the new season starts, and they take it all away. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. one day you log on, and seasons one through seven's there, <laughs> and they take it all away. It's like, all right, Rue, what's going on? Because <laughs> I did the same thing. I didn't start watching until um, season three, late season three, and I was actually back home in Anchorage, and Raja was performing at this little drag bar that was. Mm-hmm on uh, Fifth Avenue in Anchorage and I missed her. I had to go fucking pee <laughs> and I had to go and I left and I missed her like she walked right by the microphone jar. I was like, damn it! <laughs> That's my luck for you. <laughs> but that sounds like a similar experience. I binged and then I had to hunt it down until I was forced to start paying for it for the show. <laughs> but it was worth it. Well worth it. <laughs> it was one of those experiences for me that I finally felt comfortable in the community for the first time oh good like it was very weird because i i never what do you think connected you with the show i think just the under the understanding of the passion of performance and what you do mm-hmm. of being artists and and being so very meticulous about your craft and what you do and like I, it was just something that was so comforting to be able to see like oh yeah. We are we are all the same. We may present ourselves different, but mm-hmm. we all share the same passion of just doing what we we want to do what we want to do. Right. We want to pursue our dreams and what we love. And I truly thought going into watching the first season, I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And then got to a point where I was like, oh, no, I have to keep doing this. <laughs> I have to keep watching this. And Because I, I think for so long, I – had understood my sexuality just to be I'll be the passing gay so I'll just be like uh, I'm gay but like a lot of my mm-hmm. straight cis friends would always make comments of like I'm friends with you because you're, you're not that gay oh gosh yep that was one too yep and so it, it settled for quite a while where it was like oh so in order to be acceptable in like mainstream cis society I need to be just enough towards like oh we can like make little hints about you being gay mm-hmm. but let's not fully discuss it let's not right don't go there you don't want to fully acknowledge it until i need help with my fucking ponytail too right? yeah <laughs> and know, that's how that goes <laughs> <laughs> what should i wear with this i don't know <laughs> we i didn't inherit that gay gene <laughs> go ask your mama <laughs> <laughs> what's her name let me ask <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We're enablers. Yeah, yes, yeah, right. <laughs> Talked about that today. We did. <laughs> so yeah, for so long, I had this idea in my head of like how I should conduct myself. And when I was younger, I understood. For some reason, anger equates to being straight. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't quite figured out why that is in our society. But if you're angry, you can't be gay. It's real weird because we like iPhones and technology, but we are some cave people in that mm-hmm. sense. Because that's all it is. It's very brutish. It's uh, very one note, in my opinion. Like, it's just so dated and old. Like, I can make a joke like lesbian because 
Um, I'm in the community. I've heard this joke from people that have similar um, experiences to myself and others in this community. We have to joke to get through a lot of our pain. So like when these outsiders come in and try to make us be a certain way or assimilate or conform, you know, it's triggering. Not everyone uh, responds or reacts the same way. So um, it's important to kind of, um, it's, it's just so hard to say like live the experience because in the moment it can be like so much <laughs> to process. <laughs> so like um, shows like RuPaul's Drag Race, much like what you're saying, they don't connect it that way. They just connect with your performance. But these are always stories of what the queens have gone mm-hmm. through. Now, like watching some of the international seasons, um, Drag Race Canada. Oh, there was a queen named Starzy, Anna Starzy, and um, she is from the Bahamas, the West Indies originally, and she was point blank shot, you know, and told after the show aired, if you come back, we'll shoot you again. Like these are real things that people are out here dealing with, and. You know, we at this table, we probably don't, ha- we have the pri- privilege of not having gone through those things, but it's important to find your community so you can learn those things. I didn't have a lot of gay friends growing up, so much like yourself, finding these shows and any kind of out outlet that you can kind of discover who you may be or interest just to kind of help shine a light a little brighter on your path. It's so very important just to find <coughs> find your passions and f- surround yourself with those who will encourage you to stay yes. on your path and not your friends or your loved ones trying to mold them into the image mm-hmm. of what they want you to be. That's right. Don't collect people. Like, I mean, you're going to keep people in your life that you vibe with and there's like a mutual benefit. You know, mm-hmm. George Lee's company. But, you know... Think beyond, think outside of that box too, because you gotta have that that support to actually grow. Don't be a user of everyone, mm-hmm. because when you do, like you were talking earlier about friendships and the work, that that shit matters. Like it, it actually comes back to you whether you believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And then I would say the other thing that, as I've gotten older, that attracted me more to Drag Race, because when you made the mention that you would watch some episodes of it well i love like, drag race it blew my mind i was like there's no <laughs> way the, did you not expect them to be into it no i didn't think any straight person watched drag race <laughs> well, it's so fun confused the hell out of me sometimes like, i watch and confuse the hell out of me i'm like i, I don't like this like that <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a, a moment of which like i find some of the queer physical queer spaces that i found in columbus in particular mm-hmm. When there were cisgender straight people in those spaces, they felt like they were infected, right? Like they had, someone had come in and had kind of tainted the space and had kind of ruined these safe spaces. There's been a couple of times in which I have like had a drink thrown on me or I've been accosted because I've gone up and have like expressed interest in a guy and he like responds so negatively uh-huh. at the idea that I could be attracted to him. Which, by the way, you know, Columbus, that means you're attractive. It's very Columbus. It's very Ohio State. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Very, very that. Very uh, Midwest energy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Take it as a compliment, but also like, oh my gosh, it's not like I'm popping COVID down your throat. You know, that five minutes. You're yeah. in a gay club. What did you think you was going to happen? You're house. in my house. <laughs> You're in my house. Get the fuck out. You know, I I love that about IU. I've seen queens like throw out the ignorant straights. Like, what are you here for? Like, close your tab. Or, and, and get out because this is our space and mm-hmm. this is exactly what we have to deal with the hours that we're not here <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah headache <laughs> so Good this Midwest. understanding and i think i kind of caught it around the peak of it becoming i don't want to say mainstream but i think more widely known yes. in mm-hmm. general of like what drag race is so like being able to just have casual conversations with you about it, I was like, this is, this is big. Mm-hmm. Because it felt like a way for me to connect and be open about my sexuality with everyone yeah. without it having to be coded language or like hush-hush. Uh-huh. Um, and in a way, it's also a nice way to kind of weed people of like, oh, so at least I know you are 
somewhat cognizant and understanding of our community. Albeit, I know there are also sometimes some issues with the show itself. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I understand. Some of those older seasons in particular, which the, the language has changed. Oh, it has. And Drag Race is very, like, one of those um, one of those shows, much like everything else. If you watch mm-hmm. something that's old, it's like, oh, wow. I never really yeah. knew what they were saying. And Drag Race is one of those shows. We went from, like, the low budget, and then the budget got bigger, and the language, the culture changed, and the drag began to change. And it's been fun that way, watching it morph. And now there's, like, so many international seasons. It's mm-hmm. like, how do we cover it all? <laughs> that's the idea. Uh, that's something we're working on. <laughs> so definitely stay tuned. <laughs> and with that, I think this is a good place for us to kind of wrap up the conversation. Do you have any final questions, Dakota? No, this is a great conversation. Like I learned like so much more about RuPaul and like, real estate. <laughs> and this, like, this is like, really eye-opening. And like, you know, the conversations that you two had, because I made sure I'm going to keep quiet. These are not going to make me just like listen. Yeah. But, um, that was wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I feel so special. I get both of you in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like, I thought like Dakota was here all the time. I'm like, I'm going to have you guys over for a bonfire and drinks. But he's visiting. Yeah. yeah. I'll visit again for drinks. I'm going to twist my arm over it. <laughs> yes. I had a great time. Thank you for having me. Is there anything you want to plug here at the end to make sure people... Yeah, so uh, gaysandlife.com, uh, that's my blog if you want to read some of my old writing, watch any of my vlogs, uh, particularly about race during um, George Floyd and the pan- pandemic. Uh, thanks for coming to the podcast. This is where you can find all things RuPaul's Drag Race. Over 240 episodes. You can listen to most listen on most platforms. Uh, follow us at PSD Pod on all platforms and Jamal the Broker if you're interested in real estate. <laughs> I know that's a lot. I'm a mixed bag, so just call me a resource. A very gay resource. <laughs> a very busy resource. Yeah. <laughs> but Jamal, thank you so much for taking the time to come over and just chat with us. And I didn't realize how quickly the time went until I looked down. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. We're, we're a little close to two hours. <laughs> I, looked, I looked over the screen at one point. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that. But Thank you so much. Uh, not just for coming over, but also just being that that kind of father figure to helping me traverse what the hell a podcast is and what this looks like. <laughs> honestly, of I course. and just even just being a good friend and Andy sure. when I needed it because you've been a person I go to and been about like fucking hate this place. Yeah, uh, I almost had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this place. Uh, <laughs> been there. This stupid bitch just had to censor it again. So, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. Of course, I greatly appreciate no it. Problem. It's my pleasure. And for you all, thank you so much for checking out this episode of Keep It 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. If you like what you heard, don't forget the best way for you to support us is to go on Apple iTunes podcast music. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know what he meant. <laughs> that one platform. Uh, and rate. <laughs> nope, I'm going home. We are home. No, I'm not. (laughs) And rate and subscribe. (laughs) That's the best way to get us an algorithm, let people know that you think we have a good show. Word of mouth, so share us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Fossey Book, and Tiki Taki. Uh, (laughs) Mostly under Keep 100 underscore pod. That's where you can follow us on all of those mediums. Uh, We also have a newsletter you can sign up for. KI100pod.com is the website. You go down to the bottom and enter your email address. You'll be signed up for our newsletter. You'll get notifications about any special event that we're doing. Every time we release a new episode, if we're doing sales on our merch. So we also have merch. I think that's one of the very few times we can display a little bit of it oh, on yeah. screen. See it. So this is one example, although it is a little tiny. Of course, the runway. <laughs> oh, right. Camera's up there. Coming I forgot to the that. stage. <laughs> so, so, yeah. T-shirts, phone cases. Um, what else we have? Other different types of T-shirts. Tank tops. Uh, tank no. tops, pillows. All that can be found if you go to ki100pod.com forward slash merch. If you buy anything with the Gamers Give logo, uh, a portion of those proceeds will also be donated towards the charity in which we were supporting money for through our Mario Party tournament. So Huckleberry House will receive a portion of those proceeds if you're looking to give back to a community in need, that's a great way to do it. And you also get something out of it. 
And with that, cue music. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Keep It 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. We want to welcome to the Keep It 100 family our amazing executive producer, Zachary J. Bailey, and our talented audio editor, Zoxia Ragu. We would also like to thank our dear, dear friend, Isri Vijay Sundara, for all of her support on our show. Remember to keep it nasty and keep it 100. Hey y'all, the episode you're about to listen to is just a snippet of a larger interview. If you'd like to listen to the full interview, you can find it in our Patreon. The link is provided below, or you can go online at www.patreon.com forward slash keep100 underscore pod. Thank you for listening. Cue music.